Okay, we have 12 people watching. Very good. And you'll grow more later. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. So uh, let's start with some basic introduction. Vira One is an Indonesian name. Yes, correct. I was so born there. Born in Indonesia. Yes, born there. And then I moved here when I was six years old. Oh, six. Ah. Wow. Okay. So I'm more Singaporean than Indonesian. Yeah, yeah. I can speak Oh, you do? You do? Yes. Well, I must remember this. Okay, next time when I go, uh, yeah, either bring you along or <laughs> call you to translate. <laughs> like, so you speak English, Chinese, and Bahasa. Yes. Or oh, any other hidden like French, German, or something? Hidden one, uh, Singlish comes. <laughs> yeah, yes, it comes, it comes. Teochew, but, uh, a bit of Japanese. Oh, a bit of Japanese. <laughs> Cantonese? Cantonese, no. Hokkien, Teochew? Only the bad words. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. <laughs> my, my, my show very PG one. PG, PG. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we established that. The other thing I wanted to ask you is because currently you are a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so before going deep into your personal story, just share a little bit about what you do first. Well, what, what do you coach on? Yeah, so I'm a millennial career coach. I coach people on how to take charge of their careers, especially oh. during such times like crazy, like COVID times. How do you actually like not let the waves move you, but to actually take charge of what you can control, such as finding a job, networking, branding yourself, and so on. Oh, uh, how, how do you, Elidia, I suppose you know Elidia. Lah. Yes, okay. she's my friend and she's also my dog groomer. If you are looking for an amazing dog groomer, just go find her. Oh, dog groomer. Wow. This is the only Elidia I know in the world. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> hey. Wow, hello, hello, Elidia. Very, very friendly. Say hello to you. Okay, so uh, how, how did you get into this millennial career coaching? Um, so I started off my career in recruitment. I was doing headhunting for a few years. And then I moved to Australia where I had a career coach friend asking mm. me to help her do some career coaching for Chinese graduates. So from then on, I started to do career coaching. And then I realized that, hey, actually 80% of my clients are millennials. Of course, like, you know, if you're above a certain age, I, still, yeah. I, I will still coach you. I won't turn you away. I got clients that are, you know, above a certain age. Right, right. But then I guess that was my um, niche audience. And of course, I'm also a millennial. So I understand their mindset and what yeah. they're looking for, their challenges. Just to be clear, millennial means what age to what age? Right now, if uh, you have reached 40 years old this year, I'm really sorry, but according to like some of the official uh, definitions, you no longer are a millennial. So if you are still in your 20s to 30s, yeah. or still in your 30s, then that would be considered millennial. Okay, I, I know for sure I'm not millennial. I'm 45. Uh, so considered Gen X, right? X. Yeah. Ah, right, not bad, not bad. But you're a millennial at heart, so it's okay. <laughs> I also look like millennial. Yeah, so, you look like. Are you sure that you're Gen X? My my ear looks like millennial. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my knee also, but I cannot reveal too much of my body today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, PG, right? This show. <laughs> PG, PG. Okay, good. Uh, now I know what you do and uh, when, uh, how you did it. Okay, now now if you don't mind, we go into your story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, because I I've been following you on Facebook and all that, I didn't know. The, this part of your life until uh, you shared last week. Mm. 
right? Last week you told me, because last week I remember I interviewed my friend Jeremy who, who lost his uh, infant son, uh, stillborn. So that was very tragic. And then you, you shared with me about how you lost family members also. Yeah, so um, can you share with us like which family members you lost and, and when? Um, yep. So my most recent loss was actually still quite recent. It was just a few months ago last year. And it was my older sister. She oh. had this really rare condition. And it's a pretty cruel condition because it kind of like, it doesn't take you away immediately, but it, it, it works such that it will take away like the different functions of your body one by one. So it's kind of like, you know, those Korean or Japanese movies you see where like people end up becoming like in a lock-in syndrome where they get like paralyzed, but inside they're 100% conscious. Mm. So that's actually what happened to her over the years. Okay, uh, can, can you give some example if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was diagnosed when she was 19 years old. Mm. And then um, it's a condition called NF2. And it's so rare that... Uh, yeah, it's so rare that in Singapore at that time when she was diagnosed, there was only like two other Singaporeans who had this condition. I think right now there's like four or five. Oh, so, so, oh yeah. yeah, it's like very, very rare. Very and, rare. And so usually it affects your brain and it affects like the different functions of your body because it grows tumors in your brain and all yeah. over the nerves in your body. Um, so it started off with losing her hearing and then after that slowly she lost her so her hearing actually lasted for a few years like you lose one side first mm. then that you lose the other side um, so it's, it just went on for a few years where her condition was more or less still stable I mean cannot hear well but still stable but then in the last couple of years it actually took a turn for the worse especially last year where she lost her um she lost her swallowing ability she lost her eating ability so she had to be put on a feeding tube so imagine like you actually were quite normal suddenly you cannot hear you cannot walk properly you cannot eat you know all your favorite foods you cannot um you, you cannot even like talk mm. like not even talk to people to communicate Yes. And then, um, and then, and end up, she actually was bedridden for quite for, for the most of last year. Yeah. Oh, were you staying with her, or she stayed separately? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're staying with her, but we also had a caregiver towards the end. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So in the end, when she passed on, what what was the age? She was forty three. Oh, that's really young, and. Yeah. Okay, so I, I won't ask how far apart. Lah. If not, we'll know your age. Yes, you can ask, <laughs> we are 10 years apart. What? That's like my brother and me. Oh, really? Such a small world. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 45 and my brother is 55. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, okay, okay. Good, good. Interesting. Huh? We have a lot of similarities. Okay. So uh in the last few months, can I can I say that? Because I don't know her personally, I can only imagine. Can I say that uh, you, you all were more or less mentally prepared for her to to gradually like leave? Uh? Mm, yeah. So um, we were actually already prepared one year before that, which was in December 2019. 
because okay. I remember she was in the hospital and she really wanted to go home for Christmas. Um, and then we were already like prepared that it, would, it may happen like in the next couple of months. So my whole family, my extended family, because my immediate family are uh, all living here. Yes. Uh, my extended family flew in and I remember that all of them said, said goodbye to her. Mm. And then they all flew back. Oh. Then on we were like, hey, she's still around. Like, then like, every 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 month it's like everybody's like asking me, hey, how is she? I was like, oh, still okay, lost, still, still good. Then, yep. so after that, when so she was supposed to go, maybe like I think she lasted about nine months longer than the doctors. Oh. But then the the good thing about it is that when she went right, she already said goodbye to everyone because by that time she went, um, COVID already hit right. So oh. none of my family members who are in different parts of the world could fly in. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So in a way, it's good like, because there was nine months to really prepare it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you, I mean, anytime you feel like you don't want to answer, please, please let me know. Okay. What, did she say anything personally to you? Um, you mean before she passed? Yes. On? Yeah. Um, yeah, she did say that um she that this is not the life that she wants and that she wants to she wants us to let her go and to fly high so yeah. i mean i mean my whole family we're all christian so we know that we know where she's going and she also know where she's going mm. so i think that also maybe one of the reasons she could still last long was also because we maybe we didn't really let her let her go but of course i wouldn't change anything lah. yes yeah so she actually said by the way what does she call you cindy or may may or what she calls me by my name oh so she said cindy uh please let me go and let me fly high mm, yes wow and how, how do you feel when, when you hear something like that because you cry and then you don't want to you don't want that to happen like who wants to lose a loved one even if they're suffering really badly and it pains you every time you see them suffer you still would want to keep them on earth for as long as yes and right but then later on oh i'm so thankful that i'm a coach because after that that short period where she said she want to go i i decided that okay i'm i'm gonna like at least do my best to use at least use my coaching skills on her because i usually don't coach people that don't ask for coaching oh yes i'm sure that you know what i mean yep. like sometimes mm. we do use some of our coaching skills with friends but it's like we don't like really focus going go into that but in this case i actually asked her like uh you know can i do you want to try like coaching with me and then i, I go and upsell myself i said like, you know people pay me this much for coaching blah, blah, blah. Like, you want to try a lot yeah. <laughs> for the first time ever she actually said okay i'll try Oh. Uh, I will do like one or two sessions with you yeah. and then from that I could just apply my like coaching skills you know and ask her like questions to really find out like beneath what 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 is beneath her and even do timeline therapy oh. and like can you imagine doing timeline therapy on somebody who can't hear and can't speak you can't even yeah um it's almost impossible to do yes. yeah but I I still did those with her and then within like a few just like one or two sessions right she actually became much more positive and she told me like oh you know the all the voices in my head are gone and i'm, I'm no longer thinking so negatively 
and then I was asked her like oh you know you still have those thoughts and she said like no no I'm just grateful for today um yeah so I'm very thankful that I'm a I'm a coach and that I got to actually coach my own sister oh that, that's really beautiful what, what what's her name by the way Beverly 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 I just want to honor Beverly uh, because it is very brave. Lah. I, I lost my father uh, two years ago, 2019. Mm. I, I watched him go. Lah. He was like in the hospital bed and his life was just uh, being, you know, uh, like lo- losing, losing life mm. through, through the surgery. Yeah, so I can imagine not easy, lah, right? When your life is losing away and you still are willing to be coached and willing to shift your mindset. Yeah, that, that's really very brave. And also, she's very blessed uh, to, to have a sister like you. Yeah. I mean, imagine she has a sister who say like, hey, you're still scolding, you know. <laughs> oh, waste my time, are you? Uh, then, you know, so much negative energy in the last few months of her life. Yeah, but with you, it became a, a very sweet, uh, precious time. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very blessed to have her because she is like the model example to me of like resilience. Like throughout her life, she actually didn't complain that much. Of course, you know, sometimes she feel pain that she'll tell me. or she, um, But she never really like, you know, like never manyuan a lot. Maybe like yeah. count with one hand the number of times she actually asked me questions like, why the, why did this happen to me? Or yeah. like, why, why am I not normal? I know that she wants to be not. I know that she really wanted to be normal. Yeah. But she didn't like lose her faith. She didn't um like yeah. Uh she didn't become bit bitter and resentful. So like for me, right, whenever I think that my life sucks, right, I just have to like look at her and be like, hmm, there's nothing suck like there's nothing sucky about my life at all. I can still eat, I can breathe, I can I can talk, I, I have friends. Like, mm. yeah. So like to me, right, like whatever you go through in life, right, or whatever I go through, or whatever I know I will go through in my life, I don't think that I will ever reach a point where I will become as bad as her condition. Mm. Like most normal people or the average person will not suffer. Uh, From your observation, where where do you think she gets her strength from? Mm, I think that my... What I feel is she's a very stubborn person in a good way, which can yeah. also be very frustrating, you know, when you're trying to get her to do stuff and she just totally refuses. Mm. She's very stubborn. She has a very strong will. Mm. She is, like, very determined. Like, if she wants something, like, she will get it either way. So if she wants to live, right, she will live. Wow. And, like, I, I think when she was a baby, she actually was very premature. Like I remember my aunt told me like she came out like a little tiny mouse and they thought that they that she's not gonna survive. Right. But she still made it. So even like since she was a baby, all the way and even her childhood, she also had polio when she was a child. Um so like like every stage of her life she has I guess she has always had all these physical challenges. Yes, and yes. I think it's her innate nature that's the first one and then the second one is probably her faith in God like mm-hmm. I mean she yeah she just like she's not the kind that she's not the typical 
like super strong Christian that you know go to church lah, go to care group, go to um serve God. But then I I know that she always believes in God even though God seems to have like disappointed her time after time. Yes, yes. It it comes internal, I assume. It is not a religious habit or like routine, right? Mm. It's a spiritual strength that is in her. Mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm very encouraged every time I hear such stories because in my life I've um, unfortunately gone to a lot of hospital visits and 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 funerals. Some some are as young as sixteen years old, having mm. brain tumor, and I see how. They obviously it's painful and obviously they're in agony, and yet you can sense this peace that they are at peace with God, at peace with people. They are not angry, mm, right? Yeah. All because they believe that it's not just belief in God. You know, some people say, "Ah, you mean you believe God exists?" Then like that, man. No, it's not believe God exists. You know, even the devil also believe God exists. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's really belief that God is good. Mm. Believe that there is a purpose behind all this suffering, mm. and believe that once this suffering is gone, when our soul leaves our body, that we are actually going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there's more to this life than what we have right now. Yeah, were, were both of you, you and your sister, born in a Christian family, or like halfway, you all became Christians? Uh, I like to say that we are half Christians because at that time my mom was Christian, my dad was a Buddhist back then. But oh. thank God he's now a Christian as well wow. after many, many, many years. Yes. So I um I only became a Christian when I was, I mean like a committed Christian, not just like by name. Mm. Uh, when I was 14 years old, like my mom bought me to this like miracle service. Oh. And then and then I bought the pastor's book. It's I still remember it's called it's called Life and Death. And the book is about like heaven and hell. And and then it says like, oh, if I always thought that you just have to be like a good girl, you know, because you go to Sunday school a few, I went to Sunday school a few times and they say like, oh, you just need to do this, this, this and don't lie, blah, blah, blah. Um, and God loves you. But then I was like, oh, actually it's not being a good girl, but it's just having a relationship with God that you can actually go to where he is when you when you die. So I was oh. like, well, okay, okay, I, I, I want to go to heaven. So after I finished reading the book, right, I just prayed the prayer at the back of the book. <laughs> and that's how I became a Christian. 13, 13. I was 14. Oh, 14. And then your sister was uh, 24, right? Yes. 10 years older. Was, so, um, younger when she became a Christian. Oh. Younger than me. I can't remember. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did, did y'all, while, while she was relatively healthier, did, did y'all like pray together, read Bible together? Um, we didn't pray together, but then when I was a kid, right, at that time, my mom didn't really go to church. So I remember when I was about 10 years old, primary four, like that, she brought me to her church. So I actually went to Sunday school for a period of time because of her. Oh. Yeah. And then I also started listening to like praise and worship songs from Hillsong because of her. Like she was playing all, she kept playing all those songs every day. So every time I go into her room, we'll always have like all this Hillsong music, and I think that kind of influenced me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's like uh, all senses, like listen, you know, see, read, taste. Okay, nothing to taste, like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, holy communion. Now I got taste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'm just very curious about your sister because obviously she's very strong, and there's a lot of things we can learn from her. 
uh, okay, now that, I mean, now she's gone, what, what are some of the traits from her other than uh, stubbornness? <laughs> no, what, what other traits do you think is really worth for us to learn, especially during such a challenging time as COVID-19? Mm, yeah. Um, I think besides her determination and her very strong will, I would say it's just a simple childlike faith that even mm. if things don't go, go your way, right, that your parent is still there. Like, you don't ever stop becoming your parent's child mm. just because you're sick, just because you asked something from your parent and he didn't give it to you. Yes. Like, she never ever said that, you know, this Christian thing or this God doesn't love me. He doesn't, it doesn't work. So I, I don't want to um, believe in him. I don't want to live anymore. But for me, it was just her simple faith that even though she's not the kind that every day will read Bible or every day will pray, but I just know deep down that she always never like turned her back on God. So I don't know how to translate that if you are not a Christian, but maybe find something that is like um, bigger than yourself that you can yes. hold on to because you can never trust yourself. You can never trust like... Yeah. in what you have, right? Your wealth can disappoint you, your career can fail you, yes. or um, your family also members can also disappoint you. So I don't know, just find, find that something bigger that you can always hold on to. I always tell a lot of my clients that we need an anchor in life. Mm. Yeah, and for those who believe in God, the anchor should be God, right? I mean, yeah. that's the only unchanging truth. Uh, for those who don't believe in God, then we have to find something else. For some people, it's parents. For some, it's prime minister. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be someone else. It cannot be. So I, I got into a, an argument with a few of my clients recently. No, mm. no, two, like, maybe two or three. And they were saying like, you know, the answer should be within us. Mm. Yeah, a lot of coaches say that. Like, especially if... Right, you're not, yeah. You know, it's like everybody, no, no, no I, I don't mean like within coaches, but it's within each of the person, you know, mm. they need to dig up the answer through our coaching questions. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of a struggle, right? It's like, so is it yeah. within people or is it actually outside, outside somewhere, you know, in an anchor? Yeah. That is very hard. It's a mystery of, of, of life, mystery of life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I like what you said about the anchor because I was at um Changi Beach, uh was it Changi Beach Park, like mm. late last year. Mm. And then I was like looking at all these yucks or oh. ships. Yes. And then you know, like when the when the waves come, some of them will actually like move more. Yeah. And yeah. then some of them are more stable. Oh, and you yeah. can't really see it because it's all on the surface. But actually yeah. what is making the ones that are more stable would be yeah. the ones with the strong anchor, anchor yeah. So, so yeah i guess if you want to translate that into a term that people can understand yeah just have a have a strong anchor in in life if you don't have one then find one before right. the one comes <laughs> thank, thank you yeah okay moving a little bit away from your sister i understand that you also lost uh your your dog right mm. and what it was also around the same time i mean which came yeah. it was actually exactly three weeks and one day after and the oh. reason I can remember it so vividly is because the day after she passed on, I actually made an appointment with a super expensive vet 
and then I couldn't cancel the appointment because he's like super booked up, right? So even if my sister passed on the day before, yeah. I couldn't bring him yes. there. So I brought him there and then the vet actually did like a full checkup for him and said that, oh, you know, your dog, right? Quite, quite. I think if you take good care of him, can live another five years. And oh. I was super happy because I, I love my dog a lot. Yeah. And another reason I love my dog a lot is because he is like a connection um, for me and my family members that have moved on, like oh. my mom, my younger sister, my older sister, they all love him a lot. Yes. He was our family dog. So, so like we had a lot of shared memories. That's why this dog meant a lot to me. Yes. Um, uh, but this dog is always closest to my I always will like follow her around. Um, and then, so after my sister passed on, three weeks after that, or rather two weeks after that, he suddenly got like kidney failure, like suddenly, and then went to the vet. The vet also like not very sure like what happened. Then because he's like a holistic vet, right? So my friend said, you better tell him what happened to your sister. And then, so I told this vet, oh, you know, my sister actually passed on um, like two weeks recently. Though. Then he looked at me and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, but um, it's quite common that dogs will want to follow their owners. Oh. So this is probably the reason why his kidney crashed. Oh. So like after that, my dog just, um, he hung on for another one week. Um, and then after that, he passed on. Oh. So like exactly three weeks and one day after. What, like, what's your dog's name? Asher. A-S-H-E-R. Correct. Oh, and the name was given by? By me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I, I did not know, I, I've never owned a pet, so I, I did not know that a pet, uh, especially dog, would want to follow the owner. Yeah, actually, a few days after that, right, after she passed on, he actually stood outside her room and he wailed and howled for three hours straight. And I wasn't home, la, but then, like, um, but then when they told me that happened, right, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think he really missed her and I, I didn't even realized that maybe he just realized that she's no longer coming back and that's why he also like very very sad but yeah dogs are very sensitive yes yeah. i think they have a lot more empathy than human beings oh they have so much you know like my dog actually helped me through my grief like mm. every time i'm like very sad right he'll actually come and like sit close to me yeah how old was Asher? He was 13 years old, which is already quite a good age. Yeah, that's quite a good age. I, I suppose in human terms, is what, 70-something, uh, is it? 60-something? Maybe more. Depends on the breed. He was a small breed. La. So small breeds are supposed to last longer than the bigger breeds. Small breed means what? What's the breed? Uh, smaller dogs. You know the dogs that you can put in your handbag that time? <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was one of those. But what's the name? What's the name of that breed? Maltese. Oh, Maltese. Okay, okay. Wow. I, 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 I'm such an ignorant person when it comes to dog. The only Maltese <laughs> I know is the, the chocolate Maltese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know anything about other animals too. <laughs> is that your only pet dog in your life? Uh, he was, but then I recently got another one. So wow. I call him Ash's brother. So you mean the, the name that you give him is called Ash's brother? 
Yeah. No, no. No. Well, very long name, you know. Everyday Ashes brother, come here. <laughs> AB la, AB Ashes brother. So what's, what's His name is Benji. Benji. Yes. So one is A, one is B. A, yeah, yeah. Didn't realize that. The next one must start with a C already. <laughs> hey, so Benji is Maltese as well. He's mixed. He's half Yorkshire, half Maltese. Oh, is he around you? Yes, he is. You wanna hey, see? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I love dogs, by the way. Yeah, but just that I've never had a dog. Yeah. And my, and my son is forever asking for a dog. <laughs> oh, then why not get it? Then why not get it? He has to take two care. Oh, so cute. He's like a soft toy. <laughs> how, how, old, how old is Benji? He is almost five months, four and a half. Oh, baby. It's a baby. Yeah, still a puppy. It's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a period of time. We were thinking of uh, adopting a dog from Save Our Street Dog, SOSD. Ah, yeah. okay. But uh, you know, Steve or Street Dog, the, the dogs are very big. Yeah. It, it's street Dog, what? And yeah. my two girls are very young, you know. It's like one just entered okay. primary one, one just entered sec one. So it's a bit scary. Oh, okay, like. okay. Sorry? It's okay. Oh. It's, it's okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like if they're like below, like below seven years old, then it's a bit more. Oh, scary. Yeah. yeah. And then the Street Dogs, they, they are not like. Cuddly, cuddly, they are like, <laughs> and I tell you, I've never owned a dog, so it's like, wow, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, so in the end, we, we didn't adopt. Yeah, a bit. Never mind, we're still young. Yeah, next time. Yeah, next time. Maybe, maybe a few more months I talk to you, you suddenly have a dog. Already. It's definitely in our bucket list. You know, there, there are so many things I want to do in my life, and uh, owning a dog is definitely one of it, especially if I retire. Can you imagine? You know, all my three children married. Yeah, you know, maybe they even move overseas, which is very common. And then I'll be alone with my wife and we'll own a dog. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you can let me know. I know of a few friends who are like, you know, rescuing dogs, that kind of stuff. Oh, and the, the, the lifespan is just nice because it's uh, dogs are usually 15, right? 15 to 18 years. Yeah, so when we retire, we will also be left with a while 15 to 18 years. <laughs> Just nice, uh, all die together. All die together. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I watched too many movies. Uh, all these old people with a dog. No? Yeah. Okay. And, and thanks for sharing that that heartache. And it, I'm so happy for you. You know that uh, you, you are able to pick yourself up and, and move on. Uh, it's very important. Oh, uh, okay. Before I talk about coping strategy, which is the whole point of sharing all this, because a lot of people are going through a lot of I mean, you, you don't know what people are going through. And as a coach, you have met many, many people, I'm sure. You know, they, they go through either depression or relationship issue or career issues. That I mean, we such a long list. Hmm. How, how do we help people and how do we help ourselves? This is one of the more important things I wanted to deal with uh, tonight. Yeah, but before we move on to that most important part, uh, can you share a little bit about your mother also? Hmm. Yeah, sure. So yeah. when I was in my last semester of uni, my mom got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is a very aggressive form of cancer. And then, um, yeah, so she passed on, I think, after after I finished my exams or... Yeah, yeah, it was quite sad because she didn't get to see me graduate then, yeah. And, and since you were quite young in your early 20s, mm. 
how how were you coping with your mother's loss during those days? Hmm. I think it also goes back to your, um, your inner anchor. Like go back to having that anchor. I mean, at that time, I was so I was quite blessed. I had like um really good friends around me. Um, and they were always encouraging me. They were always there for me, and not just friends, but also my family. Like I, um, like I have family members that are from all over the world, right? But like, like all of them flew in, and they just were like really there. So I think for my mom, it was like having this around them, and also I'm, I think I'm the kind of person that I just need to be kept like busy with something. Uh-huh. Yes. So like when my um after my mom passed on, I think I traveled a bit, and then after that I got a job at a recruitment company, and I just like uh focus a lot on my career then. Oh. Yeah. Right, right. So you you wouldn't like do nothing and just mope around at home. Uh, only for a couple of months, which was actually what I just I did for the last two months. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I. I'm not an expert because I didn't study psychology or counseling, but I assume that it's actually important to go through that few months, isn't it? Mm, I think the time period is different for everybody. And I wish there was like a formula or like a pill that you can take, you know, like you lose somebody, yeah. take this pill, you'll be fine in like seven days time. Like, <laughs> isn't such a thing. La. Otherwise, I'll be super yeah. rich, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just take this pill. Okay. <laughs> Set, no, I'll use NLP like mm. okay, I cope with my stress already. No problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we do need to go through a few months. I mean, like last week when you heard the my, my friend Jeremy mm-hmm. when he lost his baby, it was also a few months of, of grieving. Mm. Yeah. So I don't even know if there's a time period. Sometimes it doesn't end. Like, you know, some people say, uh, ask me, like, hey, have you moved on already? I was like, move, move on. Like, I don't think that I'll ever move on. Like, it's yeah. not something that I'll ever move on. Yeah. But it's not something that I'll be stuck in. Ah. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Mm. Well, it is quotable quote, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something oh, thanks, that we'll ever move on, which is true. I mean, what's there to move on about is our loved one, you know, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's not something you're stuck in. Uh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I think it becomes negative when you become stuck in it, which I know that some people do get stuck in their grief for many years. This, this reminds me of my favorite analogy, which is a river. You know, we, mm. we don't move on because the river is always flowing. It's not like moving on, meaning like, oh, the river is now no longer flowing, it's doing something else. Mm. It is still flowing, yeah, but you don't get stuck also. The river does not get stuck. Mm. Hey, hey, I'm not flowing. You know, mm. so... It's constantly flowing, it's making music, it's flowing left, flowing right, and it's such a beautiful sight. And mm. I guess that's the flow of life. Yeah. And also, besides, you know, all this family, loved ones around me, it's also just knowing, having this eternal hope that I'm going to see them again. Like, this is not goodbye, you know? Like, when you close the coffin and you send them off, it's not like the end of your history or your relationship with them because they're still alive. They, like, I just say that, yeah, they just changed the address. Also. So that's how I think about it. They're still alive. They just changed the address. And it just so happens that I can't go there physically, but one day I will. Yes. 
Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, when I when I lost my my father died at seventy eight due to heart attack. You know, halfway through surgery, mm. and it, the irony irony is, I only got to really know him after he died. Oh, what? How? Yeah, it, How it's very funny. Okay, for example, uh, I mean, I I won't share too much about it. You know, because mm. the focus is on you. But just to bring this point across, during the eulogy. You know, I, I spoke my piece, so that one is fine. Mm. And then my uncle, which is the younger brother of my, my father, mm. then came out and started sharing some stories about my father. Mm. And you can imagine, usually people don't share such stories until a person dies. Mm. Yeah. Right? It's very uncommon. Like, oh, during Chinese New Year, I say, hey, you know, oh, last time when your father, he helped me, well, but people don't do that. Usually people just talk about movie, music, soccer, what. Yeah, but when a person dies, then they start to say that, you know, they say, hey, uh, my, my brother used to help me when I was in my teens. And then uh, my, and then they have a lot of siblings. Uh. Hmm. And then the younger sister, which is my auntie, still around. Hmm. Uh, during those days, girls don't go to uni, right? Yeah. Yeah, but my father fought for her to go to uni. Oh. Which is not the, the man I know, you know. But the man I know is a male chauvinist pig. <laughs> 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 so I'm thinking like, huh? are we talking about the same person or not? Oh, so you never knew this story until yeah. after his death. Oh. Yeah. You know, throughout my life, I'm 45, right? And he, he passed away two years ago. So 43 years. For 43 years, uh, I felt like I was very different from my father. Very different. Oh. And then the moment he passed on, I hear all these stories. I start to see I'm very similar to my father. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the such is the flow of life where, where we don't really move on, right? In fact, I feel like I've just begun knowing him and we are not stuck as well. You know, I, I'm not stuck in grief until I cannot do work, I cannot coach other people. Mm. So I think that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known that your dad had passed on because you are like super active. Uh. You are like one of the most active coaches out there. <laughs> you know, 2019, when he passed on, it was midnight, 12 something something a.m. And mm. the next morning, 8 a.m., I have to reach Suntech to do two days training. Oh my gosh, you never cancel up. Yeah, so my cousin, you know, everybody who said goodbye to my father all said like, hey, just call the guy, lah. you know, just say tomorrow you can't make it. Yeah, and you can imagine in my head, I'm going through a lot of things. Hey, hold on, uh, my battery dying soon. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it, why is it's like it? the worst thing that can happen in a training or in a life. It's okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay, while you're doing that, let me just see. Ah, okay, can ready. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. There's something to do with Surface Pro. I'm using Surface Pro. And the power cable, uh, this is my fourth one already. The power cable is loose one. Uh, uh, every time after like one, two years of usage, it's loose. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry for saying bad things about Microsoft, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you Yeah, since they never sponsor this show, no way. Yeah. I'm just speaking the truth. Okay, so enough about me. Uh, okay, let, let's talk about coping strategy, okay? Every time we go through loss, like, like I lost my father, you lost your sisters and your mother, what, what is something we can do, firstly, for ourselves, and secondly, for our friends? Mm. 
Mm. That's a good one. Some things that we can do. I think the first one that you can do for yourself is to actually to grieve. Because it depends on what is your what is your role in the in the family. Like sometimes you have to take care of a lot of admin stuff, for example, you know, like estate matters and so on. And that takes up a lot of energy. And um, I've seen people that they because they they focus so much on doing all the admin stuff, they actually don't grieve. And then they end up, they only start grieving after everything is settled, which can actually take some time. So I think the first thing that you can do is to actually let yourself feel mm. and to just let yourself grieve. Like you can just cry all you want. You don't have to, you don't have to be strong. Like just forget all the people who tell you things like, oh, you know, you must stay strong for your family. You must be strong. You can do it. Don't be sad. Like if people say this kind of stuff, like I'm they have good intentions. Yes. But then you don't have to um you don't have to look strong or be strong. You can actually just grieve because you have a you have a you just lost something that's really yes. important, right. You need to like like feel it and take time to mourn. Um you can take time off work. So everybody has different grieving strategies. It's not, it's not a strategy. Everybody has different ways that they grieve. Yes. So I don't know what somebody's ways is, so I can't really prescribe my grieving yes. method. But the most important thing is really to just take time off to like mourn and to grieve and to feel. And just, you don't have to move on. Um, you, 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 can, you can move on when the time is right. Like you don't yeah. have to listen to don't, don't have to rush la. don't have to rush don't have to rush that's, that's yeah. the word so letting it feel because i think if you don't let yourself grieve or you don't go through it properly then um it will have a very negative effect on you and on your mental health so that's the thing yeah. and for some people they may even um need like professional help yes. to go through it so it's like you know there's like taboo to go to like counselor or psychologist in mm. Asian society right yeah. but sometimes if you're going through grief and it's too much you you do need like a professional it can be uh it can be like a counselor or a mentor or a coach like not just your family and friends yes because they are not professionals like yes. they, so if you need to see a professional then just see a professional yeah, yeah. so like the long and short is just to go through the grieving process and don't skip it. Yeah, so I think going going through, giving yourself time, don't rush, mm -hmm. and also be uh willing to seek help. Mm. Right? Don't 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 like keep it all inside you. Mm. It's very unhealthy to keep everything inside you, right? Because the moment you share it, actually, it's very liberating, you know, to, to share grief <laughs> with mm. someone else. Mm. Yeah. So I'm quite thankful actually because of all the the siblings of my father that we can all share about his life together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So to, today, for example, like is there anyone in your life you, you can share about your sister, about your mother and all that? Um, yeah, definitely. I still have my family members, you know, like my cousins, my uncles and my aunts right. that mm. like we do share about them. Right. Um, and then I also have really good friends around me. Like I actually have four best friends. You know, like you're supposed to only have one best friend, but I actually have four. Like, like I know that four, 
they three of them know each other the other oh. one is in the states so she don't know any one of them oh okay yeah but they know of each other lah, because i always talk about them yeah oh. so this this four they they helped me so much like for example um one of them right when my dog fell sick she also had actually lost her dog and then her dog had this had a similar condition where you require like the dog version of dialysis so dogs cannot go through dialysis, but they have to do this thing called subcut, which is oh. a horrible, horrible procedure where you have to insert like a huge needle into their back and insert at least one big pouch of water into them so that they can clear their kidneys. Then, you know, I'm very scared of needles. I cannot stand needles. So when the doctors, like uh, when they say that I have to go home and like do this subcut for my dog like twice a day, right? I, I know that I... I, I, I cannot now like so my so my best friend she actually stayed over without me asking her like she's very like like every time I tell her oh you know my sister in hospital she like pack her back and come and want to rush down oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> and then like when I tell her you know this happened to my dog and then she actually stayed over in the hospital in the pet hospital with me oh. and then after when my dog is discharged sent home to die but he didn't die it's like oh. uh, then uh, she actually stayed on stay over and help me to do his subcut every day like we would oh. wake up in the middle of the night to do it because of you have to just to do it every 12 hours wow. so it's this friends like this that make such a huge difference so another coping strategy i guess is really having such friends it's not about having a huge quality quantity of friends yeah. but it yeah. really is the quality it's like the depth of that relationship that they are willing to do anything for you when you are you know, when you need them. Is it convenient to share the name of this very good friend who did all this for you? Yeah, I can. I think she's actually watching now. So okay. thanks, Sarah. You are, yeah. you are like the best. Oh, Sarah Teng. Yeah, correct. Oh, her, her profile picture is a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her dog, oh, that one also passed on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, guys, I mean, friends like Sarah remind us what kind of friends we, we should be. Yeah. Mm. Especially when someone else is grieving. Yeah, I, I I shared this last week and I think it will be quite appropriate to end on this note that a lot of us tend to say very motivational cliche, you know? Like, like what you said, some people said, which is like, hey, time to move on. Hey, hey come on. You know, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all the Anthony Robbins come out. Not that I, I also like Anthony Robbins, but you know, all the yeah, positives. Yeah, I mean, like, in a motivational like, talk, can, but in a funeral, cannot. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cannot <laughs> do your mantra down there. Yeah, okay, quite. <laughs> must be situational. So I, I think uh, what, what you said really is something I need to learn. It is not my strength. It is actually one of my weakness. How, how to be silent, you know, how, how to be just there for someone mm -hmm. without giving too much anything at all just, just be there right yeah all right <laughs> so, you know, so your presence means more than your words yes yes yeah so th thank you so much for opening up your life with us yeah and likewise your your presence here means more than your words yeah thank you it's my I'm honor sure, you know, <laughs> we're <laughs> in the same industry together so i'm sure we can count on each other in a lot of areas, you know, life, life is still, you know, long, very long, you know, mm -hmm. adventures abound. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I will see you 
at the next something. <laughs> I don't know what. Something. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were last time before COVID nineteen. I always bump into you at, at events. Yeah. Okay. Thank Thank you so much, Cindy. And I'm sure anybody who loves Cindy and wants to connect with Cindy, yeah, please. You know, I already tagged her already. Just click on that and connect with her, and please be inspired by her life. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Eugene. No okay. Good night. Good night, Cindy. Bye. Good night. Bye. -bye.